What's going on, Gator Nation? You know what time it is. It's time for another episode of the Young and the Rowdies. It's your boy, Patrick Young. It is March uh, the 2nd, which means we are in the best time of the year when it comes to college basketball. I would say one of the best times of sports in general. And us getting an opportunity to talk about our Florida Gators that are, I guess you would say, uh, according to Joe Lenardi, still uh, first four out. But uh, there's various other experts in the field that have the Gators in. But we're going to get all into that. Uh, I have a very special guest this this week. Uh, someone that's been following the team all season long and for years to come. So his opinion should be highly regarded uh, with what he's seen. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, I can't tell you what episode this is. It's probably episode 21 or 22, somewhere around, around, along the lines. But I uh, want to introduce my friend, Zach Alberti. What's going on, my guy? How you doing? I'm doing well, Patrick. Appreciate you having me on, man. Good to uh, talk with you again, bud. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's been it's been a minute. When's the last time that we've actually connected? I have no idea. The last time I talked to you was when uh, you opened up uh, your business in Gainesville. Escape room. Okay. Cool. Yeah, escape room. Yeah. Yeah. Still, it's still rolling. Yeah, we we I, I did it with the fam probably like a couple months ago. We weren't able to figure it out. <laughs> we had to get help to get out of the room. Yeah, we uh, we've been open now for four years. Yeah, four years. Wow. Goodness, you know that's awesome, man. Most businesses fail in the first year, so uh, that's been that's been cool. We got it's time for us to update and change the rooms, though. It's been way too long. Make the rooms better, but it's cool. It's cool. So, uh, you want to give give yourself a chance to or to introduce yourself to the listeners that don't know you off the top of your head. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, as, as you mentioned, I've been covering the Gators, not just the season, uh, been on the beat since 2010. Um, really haven't done as much basketball, kind of dabbled in it. And then I would say probably within the last five years, I've covered a little bit more basketball. Um, and then this season is obviously uh, been an interesting one with this with this team. Um, you know, you kind of feel for these guys from an injury standpoint, just what they've had to deal with from from that adversity um but nonetheless it feels like every single game you tune in to watch this Gators team it's close it's probably a nail biter it's probably stressful for Florida fans um but it's definitely entertaining there's no doubt about that yeah it's it's been it's been very stressful uh because it's some of those games that were have been won last minute by uh the veterans have also been lost by uh, you know, in the same scenario. So it's, you know, certain games when I, that comes to mind for me, uh, when I, obviously on everyone's mind, it's got to be Texas A&M on the road. That was definitely a game where, uh, you know, we wish definitely can say that would have solidified and hopefully kept the Gators in the tournament as of now. But there's still an opportunity. There's still an opportunity. It's been um, quite the roller coaster every year. Start off strong, struggled, uh, up and down, not finding consistency. Colin gets hurt. Uh, Jason Jatobo goes out in the middle of the season um, rest, for the rest of the season. Um, then Colin comes back and, you, you know, he's playing banged up. His, his shoulder, I think, still isn't completely healed. But uh, there's been some bright spots. Uh, there definitely been some bright spots. Tyree Appleby being pretty clutch. Uh, he's just, he, I, just swear, I swear when he has the ball, I just hold my breath. Like when he's <laughs> like, it looks like he's about to do something. And it's just like, oh, man, don't turn it over. You're going to turn it over. And he almost does turn it over. And then, like, last night, gets it to Colin. 
then Colin gets it right back out to Flanders Fleming and we and come away with the win. But that's just been a, it's been a it's been a heck of a year. So what's, what's your take been? I actually asked Mike White about that last night after the game uh, because Appleby was basically playing out of control uh, for back-to-back possessions there at the end of the game. Um, one of them, he had a turnover. And then the second one, he, like, tried to force a shot to draw a foul and just didn't work out. Um, and he had two more opportunities end of game to play out of control again. And he kind of honed in and and um, was able to kind of regroup himself. Um, he made a nice uh, pass to Fleming to fine tune underneath the basket. And then, and then he gathered himself to, to uh, pass the ball to Colin who found Fleming for that go ahead three. But um, he's been fun, man. Like when he kind of gets that bounce in his step and he gets his swagger going, like he's a dangerous player, man. Um, But then he's also a dangerous player when he's kind of playing reckless. Um, So you kind of just have to take the good with the bad. Um, I call it the Westbrook effect. Yeah, exactly. You kind of don't know sometimes. Uh, but, you know, he is clutch from the free throw line. That's that's one thing that's been uh, pretty awesome. And then just it's, it's, either, it's either him or Philandris that's, that needs to have the ball at the end to not to knock down a big shot um, when if, if it's going to need to be a three or something like that. They've they've been able to. So uh, I'll tell you what, but, though, Pat, it's a good thing they didn't kick Flanders off the team for being a Georgia fan. I know. Right. Good. <laughs> But you had to know, like, you don't grow up, you don't grow up in Athens, Georgia and dislike the Bulldogs. Like, it's just not a thing, you know. Yeah. It, it's, that, like, that's be like somebody coming from Gainesville and being a sports person and not rooting for Florida. It's, yeah. you know, it just yeah, doesn't happen. It's like, at the end of the day, you know, when a player retires or whatever, like, they're still, uh, they're going to be a fan. Uh, you grow up as a fan before you're ever like a, and and if you're loyal, you don't you usually don't talk about it or brag about it or like when you're attending the rival school post about it. That probably in hindsight probably shouldn't have made did that, but uh, I understand it. I understand it, and I'm sure the fans were cheering for him last night of knocking down that big shot. Um, that was a nail biter. I can't believe Scottie Pippen Jr. missed the free throw. I can't believe. Yeah, it. I, I mean he absolutely went off on Florida after. Um, only scoring six points in that first game. That was a season low for him. You knew he was chomping at the bit to get another shot at Florida. Um, honestly, I and his dad I mean, was there. His dad was in the crowd. His dad was in the crowd. Um, and they hit they hit 15 three-pointers. Vandy yeah. did. Um, yeah. You usually don't be a team when they hit that many from downtown. Gosh. Yeah, if you would have told anybody that, Vandy was going to knock down 15 three-pointers in, in a game that you and, and tell them that they were going to lose. You'd be like, man, you got, you got to be out of your mind. There's no way they're going to lose um, lose that game. But somehow the Gators did it, and they were able to still have, still have a chance to before the SEC tournament to, to move from first, you know, next four out, because they're not even in the first four out, and the, they're in the next four out. But a win against Kentucky at home could – be that that piece to to help them to uh you know get solidified into the tournament and before uh, anybody says well that's a long shot beat kentucky at home i mean they beat auburn at home so yeah. it's not like they're not capable of beating a top five top ten team um it's, it's just possible. what you know what gators team are you going to get on saturday if they're 
got four guys in double figures and they're uh, they're hitting double digits from from three point range. I mean, they can play with anybody. Um, yeah, I think you know when you're when you're not talented enough because they don't. You know, this, Kentucky is always full of four and five star recruits, and even even the veteran guys that Coach Cal has transferred in are top tier caliber uh, players at the the schools that were prior to this. So when when you have when you're going against that um, that level of talent and ability. You're going, you can't, undisciplined basketball is not going to win a game against Kentucky, against this team. Undisciplined, um, you know, you can overcome a poor shooting night. You can overcome that, but you you can't allow Oscar Sheebway to have 10 offensive rebounds or uh, Kellen Grady to knock down five threes or Savir Wheeler can't have eight eight or nine assists. Those are things that, that, that have to be, no, there's no, we have to disrupt Get the attack them on the glass. You can't. You're going to have to get someone in foul trouble. You have to. You got to be aggressive. Uh, you know, Oscar Shibway is, is uh, fantastic and, and superb as he is. He's not a shot blocker in that sense where you have to fear. Uh, he's not. You, you, which is kind of a, a great thing on his part because he doesn't typically get in a lot of foul trouble. Mm-hmm. He, he usually stays on the court um, for the majority of the gameplay. Thirty nine minutes in their in their loss recently uh, to uh, to was it Arkansas. No, not yeah, Arkansas. Yeah, they lost recently to Arkansas. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's do it's possible. All things are possible. It's 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 just like you know, what what do the Gators have to do to win that game? Yeah, I, I think uh, one thing for sure is if if the timing was going to line up for Florida in terms of having the right mojo for this matchup, I think the timing is now. Um, just given the fact that. They've shown and proven to themselves that already that they can beat a top five team. That's number one I already mentioned. But I think just really coming off of these last two games, um, they struggled on the road in the SEC to start this year. Um, so to put two back-to-back games um, coming off of a really disappointing loss to Arkansas, to go out on the road and beat Georgia and beat Vandy – you know, they got some feel-good momentum going into this matchup. Um, and it was cool to see that uh, that that post-game locker room celebration with Mike White. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter last night, Pat, but he, he came around the corner uh, with the speaker and, and had to crank that soldier boy and made the whole locker room go crazy. Did you see this? No, I don't, I'm not, I don't really like social media. I just have, have to be on it because of work. So they, as soon as the game came over, you know, Mike does his uh, interview with the radio, interview with TV, and the players are already in the locker room, like, waiting on him. So I don't know where he found the speaker, connected it to a Bluetooth, and, and got some Soldier Boy playing. But he came around the corner with this speaker on his shoulder, and the whole room just went nuts. Um, some really good videos that got taken. Um, Keontae got, like, the whole thing on his IG. So... It's wow. just cool, man. Really crank that? <laughs> yeah, the go-to song. Uh, yeah, I guess that was his go-to song. He, oh, he, he did man. the he he did the uh, what he thought was the most appropriate thing in that moment. <laughs> okay, hey, hey, I'm not hating on it. It worked. There's a moment, it's a memory that they'll never forget, and they got the win. So guess what? You can't tell anybody what to do when they come away with that win, uh, that win like that. So. Yeah, there's there's a possibility for the Gators to make the tournament. But overall, you know, 
you know, what have you, what have you, you know, in, in comparison to other years, injuries have been a big part of Coach White's tenure. But what stood out to you more so this year than any other other season so far? If you just have that to- they haven't, just that they haven't tanked. Um, I, I think it could have been very easy for them to tank and just not be competitive um, over the course of this year. Um, not a lot of finger pointing that happens with this group. Um, yeah. There's not a lot of bad body language and just bad energy. Um, and I think that's been that's been impressive to see because it's very easy to fall into that when you got your best players out and guys keep getting yeah. banged up and you just feel like you can't catch a break. So um, the, the resiliency that they've shown has been, I mean, I think this is probably one of his most resilient teams that he's had since he's been here. Yeah, that's a great point. There was, this is, I have not seen, if any bad body language, you know, it's a guy getting frustrated at himself, but it, there's never been, you know, frustrated at whether it's missing shots or making a poor decision here or whatever it may be. But as far as, you know, hearing, ever hearing things, guys pointing fingers at or anything or seeing that, uh, it, it seems as though these guys really love each other and play for each other so much that it's like, hey, let's, I got your back. Let's go into the next play. Um, you know better. We know better. I don't need to tell you. Um, but I'm, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure behind closed doors, like when they had that Texas Southern loss and had the Oklahoma loss, that they had conversations to themselves of being able to unlock and to, to get into each other's faces or whatever it may be to get, to get them to respond. Um, but, you know, what have you seen of Coach White this year? Because I just can imagine it's been um, just it's got to be so frustrating as a coach sometimes when you know the product you have, but it's, it's, hard, it's hard to practice. It's hard to keep your guys out there healthy um, and just all, all, all the types of things that just kind of get in the way of that. It's, it's got to be kind of because sometimes you don't know who you're going to get, who's going to be able to play. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, even last this past game in preparation for Vanderbilt, they only had nine guys to practice with. How do you yeah. get ready for a game with nine guys? Um, and that's and and that's and they've been in that boat, I think, for a, a lot of a lot of this season. So, um, you know, Mike did kind of address it. I forget what game it was um, or what week it was, but just he 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 kind of um, talked about not just this year, but the past two years with the Keontae Johnson situation. Um just what these guys have had to go through and the mental toll that it's taken on them. I mean, think about that, Pat. I mean, to see your, you know, the, your best player on your team and what they went through with Keontae last year, not even knowing if he was going to make it or what his health situation was going to be moving forward. Yeah. To fast forward to this year, you lose Colin and, and not as serious of a situation, but you did lose him for six games in SEC play. Um, but with the Jason Jatobo situation, they were yeah. like, it was like deja vu. They found themselves in a hospital visiting their teammate who was about to have surgery and his season was done. Yeah. And they had to go through that and process those emotions and then go get ready to play a basketball game. And that's two years in a row that they've had to do that. Um, yeah. And as a coach, as a head coach with a staff that's trying to, to deal with those emotions themselves, and also get their guys ready to play and get them refocused and, and keep their minds on basketball. Um, again, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how many coaches could have managed that and had a winning record or, or, or kept his team competitive in the way that Mike White has done. And I think you got to give him credit for that.
Yeah, you got to give him credit for that because, you know, this at the end of the day, these are 18 to 22, 23-year-old kids that are playing a game that they love that and none of them had experienced, especially what happened with Keontae. Like you, that's a once in a, you know, that doesn't happen often at all that someone just collapses on the court and, and goes in that situation, how scary that was for them and to not know if he was going to survive. And then for Jason, who started playing, started playing really well, finding, you know, he had to re, you know, get re-inspired to find his commitment back to the game. Um, just because, you know, all types of things, just he wasn't playing a lot, guys were playing over him, couldn't stay in shape, whatever it may be. Finally, finding some minutes of rotation, um, really putting that work in with his team, the teammates, and then, you know, he gets poked in the eye pretty badly and season's over. Um, and even even from this aspect and standpoint, the 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 man that that uh Coach White is. You know he's he's sacrificing giving up another scholarship for Keontae Johnson, it, and I 100 it's the right thing to do. It's beyond like Keontae. This is a situation that you don't just say you're an inconvenience. We don't need you. Once you or need you, like that would be the most. I would, and if fans were applauding a move like that, or or just saying like you know, just having the mindset of Keontae taking up a space, like no, he he committed to the University of Florida. He's part of the family. And there's a hope that he would be able to play again one day. It will it be in a get uniform? Who knows? But he is contributing to helping this team out um, in many ways. And him being around after almost losing his life has got to be so inspiring to his teammates because he is just such a, a ball of energy. He's so positive, so loving, um, just has a new lens of gratitude on. And he's helping this. He, he is helping this team. And I really, I really hope that uh, fans can see that the sacrifice that's being made on all on, on all levels, and that Coach White is like the fact that his care of his character to do things the right way and to never cheat, to never go around the corner, and and like that, those are things that you've got to apply. Because how many coaches have you ha- you've had to go back and find some investigation or something or hear and just like man, I thought I thought this program was higher than that. So I'm just so proud of Coach White. Uh, holding to the Gator standard. And uh, it's just so hard when a guy is, is, you know, checking all the character boxes, but just hadn't seen that great level of success that you would hope that he's, he's going to hit uh, one day. Uh, so close to the final four in 2017, we already know, um, making it to the tournament many times in a row. And this is the first year that it's been like, you know, pretty worrisome in a while uh, of them making the tournament. Just really hope that they can, they can get it done. Um, but yeah, to your point, um, I really, I really wish that uh, it, it's, it's really powerful what these guys have been able to go through in just two years of uh, the guys that are returning um, and the guys that ha- are here for the first year and to still like win games and still be competitive, still be in the conversation to beat a number two Auburn at home when yeah. they- you know, this this Auburn team, I, I still don't think they've reached their ceiling of how good they can be. But the whole Walker Kessler to zero blocks, first time that's happened to him all season. Um pretty it's pretty it's pretty stellar. It's pretty stellar. Yeah, and, and and it's and it's tough because it's hard, I think, for Florida fans to sometimes appreciate some of these storylines because at the end of the day, it's about winning games. Yeah. And if you're not winning games and if you're not contending for championships, that's the bar. Um, but there's other factors in play. Um, and I think that that's important to take Scott into Drew account. Won. 
How long? How many years was Scott Drew at, at Baylor before winning his first championship? Oh, 20? of course, of course. You know, um, and and I think you know, last year. I mean, this is the, we're beating a dead horse at this point, but to see a first round draft pick in Trey Mann, another draft pick in Scotty Lewis, and then a healthy Keontae Johnson and a, a Colin Castleton coming into his own, that would have been a a team that would have threatened a lot of uh, yeah. you know opponents last year. So yeah. that's the um, top, top four team in the SEC for sure, at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So and then obviously this year you look at them and it's, you know, a, a, a complaint that's that's, you know, I think a lot of fans have is just the lack of identity at times. But I mean, it's hard to have an identity when you don't have your full roster um, and you're literally not just changing offenses in the middle of a season, but changing them in the middle of a week, uh, in the middle of a game plan. Uh, and and at sometimes in the middle of a game, that's what they had to do when they lost Jason. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Still, you know, all things considered, I, I think Florida fans, um, as much as they want to, you know, see this team make the tournament, the fact that they're even in contention, I think, is um, is a job well done because they could totally be out of it. Yeah, you could be a Missouri or a, I was going to say a Texas A&M, but they beat they beat us. Uh, Mississippi State. I will say with that Texas A&M game, though, I think that Florida got one back by beating Vandy. Like yeah. I think they stole one from Vandy, just like A and M stole one from them. So yeah, yeah. But the, you know, it's just the theme that you've seen oftentimes is almost every game there's a player fouling a jump shooter. So to no no surprise, no avail. That's how how you ended up losing that A and M game. But that was what a what a stretch play there for Philandris Fleming to get that chase down block. Yeah, I mean he he went uh, he went LeBron James. Iguodala mode. If they make if Scotty Pippen Jr. makes that makes that layup, it's game over. Yeah. Well, and then he has said uh last night when I talked to him that he actually heard um Vanderbilt was calling out home run before they threw the they threw the pass in. So he knew that something was about to go down like that. Um, so pretty heads up play from him to just kind of paying attention to what the other team is saying. Sometimes they'll, oh, wow. they'll, they'll give you a, head, a secret, you know. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. Before we move on, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now is the time because they are offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one play through to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With basketball season tipping off, get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLING. So um, what, are you, what are you hearing mostly from, from the outside from you know being being a guy that's you know it's on the outside like 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 I am but close to the media, what are some things that you are hearing um, in terms of like this team and uh, the majority the majority? I know there's there's a very strong opinionated minority um, that they're the loudest when it comes to like uh, where Gator basketball is right now. But from the majority, what have you been kind of hearing um, from your side of things? Yeah, I mean, from a fan perspective or just overall? Uh, both. Yeah, fan perspective and overall. 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, it, it, it's tough to kind of put a, a pulse on this program because of all the things that we've just talked about. Um, yeah. You know, and when you're when you're trying to, to judge or you're trying to, you know, kind of really give a, a stance on where this program is at and where it can go and how it's gotten here. Um, I mean, it's not certainly it's not where anybody wants it to be at. And Mike White would be the first person to tell anyone that um, I think that. You know, because of the transfer portal and how things have changed in the NCA the past couple of years, um, you know, I think the potential is there for a Mike White uh, to still kind of have the success that he's looking to have at Florida because of the ability now to go out and get some impact players from the portal. Um, and obviously they tried to do it um, this past off season and it's taken a little bit of time for some of those guys to kind of emerge like a Flanders Fleming, um, you know, but, you know, for, for a while there, everybody had hopes because of his recruiting and that, you know, recruiting was going well and he was able to get five-star guys. And that's still the case as well. I think that they're going to always be able to continue to recruit, but because of the, the portal in this day and age now, like you got to be able to win and win right away. Uh, Florida hasn't been able to do that the past two years because of all the injuries and adversities. But if Mike White is back next season, um, he's got to be able to go out and hit that portal market again, find some better additions than, than what they added this year um, yeah. and be even more competitive. Yeah. And it's, it's quite shocking in a sense that he, he did a fantastic job of grabbing guys that had a, had a resume um, from points scored to achievements and accolades. Um, it's just some, this is the, you know, this is the SEC. Is this the deepest that you would say that you've seen the SEC in a while? Because for sure, for we, sure. We all, we all know it. Like obviously the big sky is not the SEC, nor is the big South or whatever league and conference. But like, do you think that was just like a, uh, a, huge determining factor when it comes to the transfer portal now like what league did this guy come from next year is that is that going to be a because yeah like I think for for McKissick for I mean Myron Jones had a broken finger uh Philandris Fleming it took him a minute to figure things out CJ Felder he's had some some flashes but nothing that you would say but he's been hurt time. he's been hurt and banged up too. you know yeah. it's um yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that that's, that's been, um, I guess, some of the most, uh, you know, frustrating parts of this season is, is you know that the pieces are there to potentially kind of put the puzzle together, so to speak. Yeah. And it's just, it's just taken some time for those guys to kind of emerge and find their footing. And as Mike has talked about, find what it takes to play at this level. I mean, you might have been um, – defensive player of the year twice at Charleston Southern, like Flanders Fleming Jr. was, but it takes you time um, to kind of figure out what it takes to play at this level. Um, and I think for him has been a struggle at times defensively. He's been a little bit of, of a liability early on, but I mean, you see the play that he made last night on Scotty Pippen Jr. That's what he's capable of. Um, but I, I mean, the one thing about, Mike White and his staff is they've always been able to go out and, and get some high profile players, whether that's from the recruiting ranks or whether that's from out of a transfer, like a Kerry Blackshear. Um, 
and they have a good culture here. And as long as they're able to do that, um, you just got to hope one, one year that you can get all the right pieces together and have a magical team. Yeah, it is. It is a good culture. It definitely is a good culture. Um, I, um, every time, every interaction I've, I've gotten a chance to go to the program and, um, see and sit in practice, like the culture of accountability of being a straight shooter or being direct, but also loving and just positive and the expectation of, of coaches like nipping any bad, any bad body language or anything that's taking away, nipping that stuff in the bud and getting those guys out of it right away. Cause that's what you got to do because it, it leaks over. There's, there's spillage um, that can affect went like, I, I realize you know, if you're, if you're wasting 10 to 15 minutes of practice on you or sulking or the, the team's not getting better, like, you don't want to waste because because nowadays there's a measured amount of time that you can practice and you can't reschedule practices once those hours are put in for the week that's what it is you know coach white kicked the guys out of practice one time and you know five ten minutes they had to come back uh for for us when i because there was no you know coach donovan if we we weren't starting practice off well the first five to ten minutes and he kicked us out we weren't coming back for the until like 12 o'clock midnight because you, you, the rules allows you to do it that way, uh, but now now they can't. So they just have to find other tactics and ways to they have to get these guys focused uh, on their jobs. But you know, let's go back to the to this league to the SEC. It's, it's a four team race um, right now, and Auburn has a big time game tonight against Mississippi State. I would say what the only thing, the only you know, being who Auburn is being a top team in the, in the country, they're going to get the best shot from everybody. And the, the guards of Auburn have been struggling. Wendell green hasn't been, I think he's been trying to play too, too much of a scoring guard with the team. He doesn't have to score as much as with, he's got Katie Johnson. Uh, he's got um, Walker Kessler in the pick and roll. Those two together are phenomenal Jabari Smith, but I think it's, it's going to be an interesting dynamic because Mississippi state plays slower. One of the slow, Four teams in the league. Iverson Molinar, first team all SEC uh, point guard. He should be playing the two instead of playing point guard because I think uh, he he did, the ball doesn't move around as much. But he's like he's a, one of the best scorers in this league. He's a pro. Um, Tolu Smith. I think he's going to be a great matchup with him and Walker Kessler tonight. But it's going to come down. It's going to come down to the rest of the guards that have been you know Shaquille Moore, uh, Rocket Watts. They've been playing and haven't been having great overall season but there's a chance Mississippi State can knock this game oh, yeah. win tonight and make this thing a, an interesting race to the end um, I'm not sure how we, if, if they still do tiebreakers and co-champions um, but there's a possibility um, yeah who, who, are you, who are you thinking right now to get it done I, I think Arkansas is the, is the, um, the most dangerous team in the league right now uh, yeah, it's hard to argue against that, man. Um, you know, just given the way that they played um, against Auburn and played against Kentucky here recently and, and played against Florida. I mean, yeah. being able to come down to the O-Dome. It's tough. It's just tough. Yeah, man. Um, and, it, and, and you know, they are just like the perfect example of where this league is at, how, how far it's come along. Um, and just the quality of teams and players too that have just like made created that parity to where you feel like you can go out any night um, and another SEC team can beat another one. So uh, that being said, 
I, I still really like Auburn. Um, okay, yeah. You know, I mean, Bruce Pearl, his his energy, um, you know, it could be uh, – I, obviously, I think his team can feed off of that, and when things are going well, um, I think he gets a little, um, you know, discombobulated at times. It was funny when uh, they were <laughs> – when they were playing in the O-Dome and it was halftime, I went down in the tunnel to go use the bathroom and I like, like was going through the hall. I just heard somebody screaming at the top of their lungs, dropping some F-bombs. And I came around the corner of Bruce Pearl just laying into his staff. Uh, <laughs> Is staff guy? Is it really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, because they – I forget who it was. Um, they were having trouble stopping somebody from Florida and he was just complaining about it. Um that they couldn't, they couldn't, they didn't have an answer for him. Um, so, but you know, Colin? had to be Colin, if it, probably. Um, so he, but he's a guy that you know. Um, I feel like he's he's um, the type of coach that can take his team pretty far, um, you know. But it is it, really I think a lot of times they feed off of his his energy and his composure or lack thereof so you know um where they go in the tournament I think is is really going to go off of how he can kind of manage his team and manage his emotions um but after them I mean I mean honestly I could see three of these teams making the final four potentially um because yeah. I mean it's hard to I mean Kentucky they can get rolling um, and Oscar can just go in beast mode once they get into the postseason um, and they can make a run. And then we've talked about uh, Arkansas and their potential, too. So um, no Tennessee. Ah, uh, uh, no love for the balls, man. Oh. <laughs> I mean, they're, 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 they're a talented team as well. I, I don't think that they're maybe as lethal as um, some of those other squads. Yeah. Um, plus, I just got no love for uh their fans after the way they booed Jason Jatobo in Knoxville. Oh yeah. 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 That was pretty messed up. I forgot. <laughs> like, like he was faking the injury. Like, come on guys. Yeah. Why would, yeah. <laughs> what do you think it takes to build a program the way that, cause coach Pearl has showed out, you know, he's, he's turned the program that Auburn was irrelevant when I was playing. Sure. They were, they were, it was one of those, those teams were like, all right, put the win on the, on the schedule you know they don't really have anybody and then coach pearl comes in and within a few years their final four team team should have won should should have won the game because a double dribble call didn't get made um in in against virginia but you know now they're the expectation for auburn is going to be always a top five competitive team in the sec always to always make the tournament what what do you attest to uh him being able to do that and what's the blueprint for other programs like Georgia yeah. for Missouri for you know, Ole Miss had a bunch of, I think if Ole Miss was healthy all the year they'd be in a better position but you know those those bottom teams right now to event, event coach Stackhouse has had an injury plague every single year yeah <laughs> he hasn't had one season where guys and, and, and honestly I, I think so much of it Pat uh you know things got to go right for you and your program. Um, you got to stay healthy. You got to, I mean, you're going to have injuries, but you just can't have injuries that just decimate your roster. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's one thing that Auburn's had going for, for them under Pearl, but more specifically to him, I just think certainly what he does from a recruiting standpoint, um, 
he's all in there and he does a really, really good job at it. Uh, you know, he's just got the type of personality, the resume that um, recruits, it gets their attention. And he's the type of guy that they can see themselves going to play for. Um, and then on the court as well, I just think his brand of basketball, his energy on the court and the way that he gets not just um, the players into it, but the fans into hey. it. And he's oh, ripping man. his shirt off and he's, you know, going into the student section. I mean, that type of stuff makes a huge difference. I mean, not everybody can be like that, though. That's why he's special. Who's the third coach, in your opinion, that would take the shirt off? We got Bruce Pearl. We got Musselman. Who's the third guy? I have no idea. I don't, oh, I don't know. I think Coach White would do it. No, Maybe. there's no way. No way. They, they they asked him about it after he beat Auburn. And he said they asked him, if, did you think about taking your shirt off? And he just stood up and walked out. <laughs> uh, oh, he wouldn't, really? He wouldn't even go there. Well, he was also he was also trying to be careful because I think he wanted to watch what he said in the post game because he he was hoping maybe that Florida could have avoid the fifty thousand dollar fine for rushing the court, but uh, you know that was coming. No did they get what. it? They got. They the did get it. Yeah, fifty k. Even though that wasn't really rushing the court, that was more like a pet rally in the middle of the court. At least it wasn't two fifty like uh, uh Arkansas got. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it, well, they hit him with the first time offense. So that's why it was only fifty k. Oh, um, okay. I'm sure you. T I'm sure you talked about that that week, Pat. But what did you think about that? Um, I didn't think the program was that. At a, I, I get it. I understand the sentiment for the fans to do that. Like it's his historic, but I didn't think that the Gators were in a position where, um that win would have uh, needed a court storming because their season wasn't over. Um, it's a much win, much needed game. Um, it's not like they were – not like – if it was – like Georgia beating Alabama if, when Alabama was ranked, that was that's a game you stormed the court for sure because Georgia's, what, 1-14? in 14? Um, If the program was at a point like that, I would have said, yeah, but I don't know the last time there's been a court storming at Florida. Uh, <laughs> it, I think I, I want to say uh, some of the writers that was looking into the research, it might have happened like the 70s or 80s, um, you know, but it was a big, uh, you know, topic on sports radio and Gainesville, as you could imagine. Um, you know, I think for the Roddy Reptiles, like fans that say, you know, Florida's above doing something like that um you know maybe for the fans and everybody else in the arena that's the case but for the students in the rowdy reptile section like they were babies when the gators won national championships last so like for for a lot of them the gators haven't necessarily been an elite basketball program in the last you know in in as long as they follow college basketball so um it maybe doesn't seem as out of place for them as it does for the rest of the Florida fans that sit other seats in the arena because it was literally just the students that, that rushed the court. It wasn't anybody yeah. else. Right, yeah. I mean, it's usually isn't it only the students that kind of rush the court? <laughs> uh, not in Arkansas. They all came onto the court. Like, you know, but I'm just um, – I think for this team and this program, like, man – they they haven't had many feel good moments the last two years, so yeah, that's true. When you get them, celebrate them. That's home. why they at home. You know, 
Yeah, especially especially at home. Um, you know, what are what are some things that, you know, there's two games left. There's um, around the league. There's a, you know, if all, if all of them drops, it's, it's wide open for who's going to be the champion. Uh, what was an expectation or not expectation or just like a, an expert guess or something that you think is going to happen here at the, uh, the end of the season? In terms of the SEC tournament? SEC, in the SEC regular season and the tournament. Ooh, man. Um, I think that uh, Auburn is going to be able to take the regular season title. Um, but I, I don't necessarily know if they'll win the tourney in Tampa. I think that um, right now, to your point, I think right now uh, Arkansas is the hot team. Um, and they could be the one to watch out for. And if they win the tournament in Tampa, boy, everybody's going to be on notice heading into March Madness. Arkansas, yeah. 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 <laughs> Who Are they your prediction that you think they could they could get it done? I I, I think – I mean, I, I agree with you. Right now they're the best – they're the hottest team in the SEC. So, if I'm – Did you watch – did you watch J.D. Note against Kentucky? Oh, my gosh. My gosh, man. He's incredible. Um. <laughs> It was literally. So I, I was like, "He's a cheat code. He's not fair. This isn't fair. What he's doing." Well, and it's and it's also too like you know you know it's not a fluke because they did it against Auburn as well. So um, I think that they've kind of got the momentum right now to go into Tampa um, and feel like they can go on a run. Um, but I think Arkansas or Auburn probably just um, if they can get over beat Mississippi State. You know, I think that they'll be able to take the regular season title. I think, you know, Arkansas. What, what, what would what would really have impressed me if if Arkansas can win on Saturday at Tennessee? That's going to be a really tough one um, for sure. It was a tough game when they played um, last time, but that would that would I, I already think they're the real deal. But for them to get a road win of that quality, because not you know Tennessee hasn't lost at home all year. Um, but for me, like one of the biggest surprises for me was like LSU. Um, I don't, I don't think they are going to make, uh, make 500. I think they're going to finish below 500. Um, they have, uh, Alabama, they have Arkansas tonight and they have Alabama, um, on Saturday, Arkansas in, in Arkansas and, in uh, uh, Alabama at home. And uh, I made that prediction a few weeks ago and I was getting a little bit of backlash until they lost to South Carolina. And I was like, Hmm, one of my expert predictions might be right. Um, you know, that's, that's probably been the biggest surprise to me, but another team that's been was devastated by injuries. Um, but this is the, you know, for me, look, seeing this LSU team, they have been overall better than teams I've seen in the past, but um yeah, that was that was probably my biggest my biggest take coming in. But I, you know, I I think LSU and Alabama teams that are five and six right now they have as good a chance as anybody of making a big run in in the tournament. And you know, Sweet Sixteen, Sweet Sixteen possibly. I think I think it's possible. Um, I agree with that. I think um, you know they're obviously a capable team. You know, they showed what they could do last year, uh, the Crimson Tide. Um, and if they get in the right bracket and get the right matchups, I mean, they, they could make a run as well. Um, yeah, and that's, 
that's what's crazy about this league, man, is there's a handful of teams that could make a deep run and, and be sitting there, uh, you know, in, in the round of 16 with a chance to win it. Well, Zach, I'm all about it as you are. Um, we got the uh, some three three big games coming up tonight, Texas A&M, Bama, Auburn at Mississippi State and LSU at Arkansas. And then one last big full Saturday of games. Um, and then we got March Madness, uh, the SEC tournament. I'm sure you're pumped. Are you going to be down there? I am. I am. I'm going to be in Tampa. I, I never pass up an opportunity to go to Tampa, man. Right. Yeah, I know, right? If I didn't live in Jacksonville, I didn't have family in Jacksonville, I'd live in Tampa in a heartbeat. But, um, yeah, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, just a quick little check-in with the season. And hopefully, uh, hopefully um, come Saturday, we're smiling as well. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much for taking time. And I'm yeah, no, absolutely, man. Appreciate you having me on. Always good to talk about basketball, man. And uh, hopefully we get to watch this team a little bit more here in March. Yes, sir. You heard of Gator Nation. You know the phrase, stay rowdy.